Hello, everybody, and welcome to our mess. If we've accomplished anything this month, it's anybody's guess. By random chance, a happenstance, old lady luck did sanction, a night in the woods and sinison, sin and punishment received all of our gaming action. We're out of sorts and out of whack. In fact, you could say we're kind of sort of whack. We're not on cracked and we're not hooked on smack, but you can bet your backlog we could be back in black. Backlog in black, a backlog shack, playing old games like the PS4's knack. So sit right back and relax with a snack. Enjoy this conversation because the backlog busters, we got your back. Yes, we do have your back. And I uh, want to play knack. <laughs> Dude, I love, I, honestly, I love knack. I, uh, when I picked up my PS4, I bought knack and I think the Batman game that had come out. Or maybe Assassin's Creed. I don't remember. But Knack's the only one of those ones that, like, when the PS4 came out, I actually played. And I still have my copy. And, of course, it was on PS Plus, so I have it digitally as well. So, very excited. Um, and before we begin, I want to give a shout-out to Flux Depose for their Flux the Beer Exchange. And tonight, during our recording, I'm drinking a Coffee House Porter. So, Flux Depose, even though none of you probably listen, you're doing a good job. Well... Cheers to you. I'm drinking Starbucks um, coffee out of a coffee maker um, in a shiny glass. Oh, a shiny glass. Well, it's what? a you know, it's a Walmart, one of those Yetis, but it's like Walmart. Actually, um, so the Yeti would be the one that like keeps your drink cold or warm for an entire day, and the Walmart one, it might work, it might not work, but drink it quick. That's right. I actually, um, I, one of my, uh, somebody at work told me that his wife actually did a temperature test and, uh, with, because they had the Yeti and, uh, put it against the $6 Walmart cup. And apparently the $6 Walmart cup does better than the Yeti. So I'm just saying, you know, I've seen, I've seen the Yetis and I had a, a work associate show me them recently. And some of that stuff gets awfully pricey just because of a name brand. Yeah. And you know, if if I'm ever like in a plane and I crash in the Sahara and the only thing I have is like a cold beer and a Yeti, I'm gonna be happy to have that Yeti. But at the same time, I don't find myself going to any extremes for lengthy periods of time where like I need my hot chocolate to stay hot for like two days straight. No, I'm gonna drink it before um, <laughs> <laughs> if I have hot chocolate for two days, yeah, it's gonna it's not going to be good to drink. No. Under <laughs> that milk, it's it's going to turn, man. It's going to turn on you. I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, um, well, welcome to episode three, Mister Sir. Yes, very excited. We've um, made it to a quarter of a year. We uh, we've done good with our games, and we'll get into it later. But I feel yes. like we're we're pretty satisfied with everything we've played this year. Yeah. I've, uh, I haven't gotten a random message from you saying, why the hell was I looking at this game and what were they thinking picking it for me? So, <laughs> Yeah, you just got to put the, you know, the cream of the crop out there. And uh, we got, you know, the reason why we're doing this show is we got a lot of good games on that shelf. Or, I mean, I don't know if uh, John or Dave are listening, but I don't know if they'll kick me off of this show. But I actually put most of my games in a drawer. They're not on a shelf. So, I mean, I don't know. But... Most but of my yes. games are in a garage right now. <laughs> so yeah, we, we you know when we choose good games because we have a lot of good ones to play. You know we're gonna come out looking pretty good. 
Yeah. So how about we jump into topic number one? And that is topic get to know one. your ooh, get to know your co-host. So since I just kind of typed mine up there today, I like yours. And you wanted to talk about your future log. log and what log, game log, do you want log, to come log. to the switch? Are, are, is this the Ren and Stimpy log? It's big, it's heavy in wood. That's or right. Is it better than bad? It's good. Yes. And um, what was the uh, Captain Toast Man? Powdered Toast Man. Powdered Toast Man, not Captain Toast Man. I'm sorry. No, okay. So what you were going for, actually, to me, it sounded like Captain Caveman. Oh, Captain Caveman. Like yes. Man. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, Powdered Toast Man. Yeah. Well, so my future log. Well, Serge, what I've realized about my topic each... Especially each since you only have $8 left to spend for the year. Well, actually, my sister-in-law, I'll get to that. That is that is on my list. <laughs> um, yeah, let me, let me touch on that. So I have a little bit of funds left, but I just recently picked up a copy of Super Dodgeball for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Ooh. And um, so I'm excited about that. I haven't played it yet. But I didn't have the cart, and now I do, so that's good. My sister-in-law did not charge me for that $5 game, so I am still looking at $12.33 of credit, sir. Wow. So take that. So what I realized about my topic each month has been that I have listed off games that I like to play or have played. And so now I'm going to list off games I would like to play in the future. So, in the near future, in the far well, future, in the in the year two thousand. So, <laughs> I um, I I have a couple games. Uh, so I don't have much credit left, as you as you uh, as you noted. I do have about seventeen dollars on the eShop, and I was going to ask you a question. So I've got a couple games that are coming out physically that I want to get, maybe for a birthday. I have a birthday in the summer. Um, Owlboy. And SteamWorld Dig 2. Now, SteamWorld Dig 2 is on sale right now. I have about, in my gold coins that Nintendo has given me, I have about a dollar, maybe. So SteamWorld Dig 2 is on sale, but I would have to buy it digitally. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pose this to you. Should I get SteamWorld Dig 2 digitally, or should I wait for it to get it physically? That's what I want. How much, how much is it digitally? So I think it has, I think it is twenty five percent off now. Um, I think it's fifteen. It, okay. I think on the sale price, so I would be able to pick it up on the eShop. The thing is, is that I would probably I have a hard time double dipping on games. I would probably never buy it physically if I bought it digitally. Right. And and which was the one I gifted to you? Was that Heist? That was Heist. So I still oh, have okay. that to play. Yes. Yes. Like I. I'm going to pick up SteamWorld Dig 2 when it comes out physically because I love physical. And technically it won't be a double dip because I got it free digitally. So in that regards, I'm not going to look at it like, oh, I spent double for this game, but I got lucky to be in the ambassador club or program or whatever they call it. So when the game came out, I got a free copy of it and I loved it. I thought it was great. So when it does come out physically, I totally want to get it, and I hope it has some goodies. But for you, I know you like to have the goodies in your hand. Yeah. And it's going to come out physical. 
And it's also an indie game, and I feel that indie games are going to be more subject to discounts and bigger discounts when stuff like Black Friday comes around. Mm -hmm. So if you're willing to put it off till it comes out physically, and if you're willing to put it off until maybe November-ish, I think you can get it for a good deal and maybe even cheaper than what the uh, digital one's on sale for. Ah, uh, good point. I think yeah. I think you got it. I think what I'm going to do is hold on to that eShop credit and put it towards something else, maybe something like Gotcha Racing 2. Did you see gotcha? this? Gotcha? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I have no clue what you're talking about. So this, I just saw a trailer for this earlier today, and I was like, I don't, I didn't know that this first game existed, and this looks pretty cool. I think it came out on the 3DS. Um, I think it's a take on Gachapon, which is the, when I think in Japan, you know, like the little game where you, you put in a quarter or 50 cents and you, you know, rotate it and a little plastic thing comes out and you have a little toy inside. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess they do that in uh, um, some different games. And anyways, so Gotcha Racing 2, you know, you get different cars in those little plastic, those little plastic things. And then you get lots of upgrades. There's like four, four player racing locally. There's online racing. And it looks like the micro machines game from like the NES. Ooh. So, yeah. And there's like, it looked like there was tons of customization. And so I just thought, man, that looks pretty fun. Like I haven't really got into a racing game lately. And so I thought maybe that would be one that probably won't come out physically and looks like a, a pretty good time. Yeah, no, that so sounds that like the racing game that I want is the uh, fast RMX just because I love the old F zero games and that game kind of had that vibe to it from everything I saw. So speaking of F zero, just to sidetrack you, like I seem to do all the time. Um, I went to Pennsylvania for a few days earlier in the month and on the way home, um, I ended up on the way to the airport. I ended up stopping off and visiting the Nintendo format. I can't think of the name right now, but Andy, Andy do you know the one? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Nintendo form. So, uh, yes. It, it's close to that. I'm, I feel like I'm a letter Ninfor- off or something. I think it's an informant. Is the informant. Yes. Yeah. The informant. So, yeah. So I ended up visiting him and, you know, he, uh, he treated me to a sub from a sub shop, which was uh, pretty delicious. And then I took more for my ride, and uh, on the way to the airport, I ate the rest of it. And uh, he was introduced me to his gaming room, which was pretty cool. Uh, he had a lot of the old systems set up. So we played some Mario Kart on the Wii, and he has, let's say, a slightly not standard edition of Mario Kart on his Wii, mm. where they can put custom tracks into it, and you can play these online. So uh, we played a little bit and I sucked. I believe he won every race. And then it was like, you know, he asked if I wanted to play anything else. And I'm like, you know what? You said you had F0 on the N64. So we played a little bit of that and um, I fell off the track several times, which I forgot was a thing. (laughs) But like it reminded and and the graphics on it were god awful. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if it was worse, but like looking at it, and then I have the nostalgia of F Zero on the Super Nintendo, which I probably put a couple hundred hours into, and I was thinking, you know, the Super Nintendo one probably looks a lot better than this. But it got me into that man. I need that type of a game back in my life where I can just play a couple of tracks now and then, just do a race or two. Uh, Mario Kart doesn't hit the spot for me as well as something like F Zero. 
and I don't know why. I think maybe it's the speed of F-Zero, the, uh, the future look, or the fact that I can crash and die and the race is over and I have to start over. Whereas with Mario Kart, you get hit by a turtle, you get a power-up, you're back in it. Right. So um, that was kind of cool, and your little racing game reminded me of that. So that's why I'm thinking, like, Fast RMX. The next time it's on sale, I have, like, 10 bucks digitally, and I think that's, like, on my radar. I think the difficult racing games kind of turned me off because I'm just horrible at racing games. So this one actually does do that where like the original uh, Mario Kart and uh, I believe F-Zero where the track technically turns and your vehicle stays stationary. Mm. You know, that yeah. kind of, that kind of, yeah. So this, this does that as well. So we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm not sure. I think it comes out. I said, let me see. I have my note on it. Uh, March 29th. So here shortly. And then um there's a couple games that I would like to see come to the Switch. I don't know if you've heard of these. Uh, UFO 50. Did you ever see anything on that? Uh, no, but I live in Nevada, and we have an Area 51. I mean, have you have you went by? Could you? Uh, uh, no, you're not allowed there. It's highly <laughs> restricted. But I think it would be cool. Yeah, yeah. This one is uh, 50 NES-style games, all different genres and supposedly not mini games they're all like about the length of nes games um it was it's being developed by the people that did um spelunky so moss mm-hmm. Mossmouth and some other different developers uh i could think the guy who made downwell so some like good good folks as far as making games and uh, i think it comes out in pc on 20, in 2018 so hopefully that'll come to the switch but it really looks cool. They all have a kind of a similar art style as far as the the colors that they use. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the idea of it is that it is a collection of games that were never released. So like hidden, you know, games that they're just now releasing is kind of like maybe the premise behind it. Um, oh, the guess what we found when we yes. went through the digital shops. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then the other game that, I, it comes out on PS4 and PC um, in April. Is the Sword of Ditto? Have you seen that one at all? No, I think you're going to like the B channels and looking at. Stuff. I am. I am. Because like, like I saw yours, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, my future log. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want God of War. I want Detroit Become Human. And you're like, I want this racing game that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend to like that stuff. Um, at least it catches my eye. I like this sort of ditto I saw at E3 last year. Um, they the developer was talking about it on I think Sony's uh, press conference, and you know obviously it's like a at least at least a PS4 timed exclusive, but it's like a quote unquote micro adventure action RPG where um, it looks like a cartoon. It looks like I mean, kind of like Adventure Time, um, but it's top-down, kind of like the style of a Zelda Link to the Past. You can play with other people, and the adventures are small. It's kind of like bite-size RPG, and if you die, the sword that you can upgrade, it keeps some abilities because the, the idea is that this sword is like, you know, found 100 years later by a new hero, 
And so you okay. kind of keep the abilities that the swords gets and you can kind of, you know, have a new adventure. So it's kind of cool. I think it's, um, again, I just don't play my PS4 enough. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of people that play on there. I think it'd be fun um, if that came to the Switch. And last but not least, one that you tweeted at me recently. Oh, yes. I mean, it did not get, you know, uh, it did not get the Switch release, but maybe eventually is the new Sega Genesis collection um, on PS4 and Xbox One. So, I mean, that's just like a no-brainer. Why is that not on the Switch? Come on, folks. I heard another podcast talking about it, and their idea was that it's too easy to put this on a virtual console, and so that it's possible that they're holding out until Nintendo finally releases the virtual console, because then they can plop 50 games down, and you're paying three to five bucks a piece for them instead of 50 bucks or 40 bucks for 50 or whatever it is. Yeah. I and just, that kind of makes sense, but I would like to have that cart. Yeah. I, w- I would like that cart in a handheld. Probably how I'll play this, if I end up biting on the PS4 version, is I will play it remote play on my Vita from my PS4. Ooh. I mean, that nice OLED screen. I mean, I got I have enough buttons on the Vita. That's the one thing on the Vita. I really think the Vita could have been immensely more popular if a they would have put a little bit more software in it and b if they would have given it an l2 and an r2 i mean put instead of having to touch the back screen yeah yeah just put all the buttons on there and like remote play i mean and just games in general i think it would have been i think it would have been at least threefold you know more systems sold if not more yeah um remote play was cool the problem I had with remote play was sometimes, like I was playing, I tried to play Borderlands 2 with the remote play. And it's just a lot of the text was too small to read. And then I think I played a little bit of Diablo that way. And it was really, really cool. And like, to me, the Switch is everything that the Vita should have been. Mm-hmm. Like if they would have taken the time to, even if remote play meant you could download the game temporarily onto your Vita and then take it offline, take it wherever you wanted and play it. But if you wanted to play something else remote play, you had to like delete that cache and re-download a different game. Or if they would have put the time into it to put out Vita versions of a lot of these PS4 games, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like how the Switch or the, the 3DS and the Wii U were. It was like, hey, we have the Wii U, which is the home console, and it has the better looking version, but you can also get this on the 3DS, and the graphics aren't quite as good, and maybe it has more loading times. But like, that's what I envisioned when I first bought my Vita, and it didn't happen. And then the Switch came out, and I'm like, this is what I have been wanting forever. Yes. And I love my Vita still. I still play it. You know, I still play my 3DS. I love all the handhelds currently, but... A little bit more love, a little bit more care, and the Vita could have been... It could have been a contender against Nintendo instead of something could have else. Been a contender. Yeah, I could have had it, Adrian. <laughs> but, you know, and instead it was just this thing that, you know, people liked because they got a lot of Japanese role-playing games on it. Yeah, and I liked it because it had a lot of indie games, and I think that if they would have... The, the Switch is essentially the Vita 
with Nintendo first party. And if like the Vita would have been, you know, a handheld with really the first party Sony uh, oomph behind it. And like I said, an L2 and an R2, I mean, I really think that system, you could have done more with it. And like I said, remote play, I, I enjoy, and I really wish I could, I just didn't have to use that back touch because it is the worst. So anyways, but that's, that's my list of kind of a short list of games. Hopefully next month, I'll also have a list for you because everybody likes lists. And oh, totally. Totally. Lists. So like with me, like I said, like my ex- excitement is, and I, uh, improving this year i have a lot less control than you do um however i still gave myself this theoretical limit on games and i'm still under it um but there are like the new and the shiny it's calling me very very hard um like i found out uh nino cone nuni kuni duni tuni 2 came with a steelbook edition and i want that steelbook it looks gorgeous and so like that and like the god of war game which i pre-ordered because i'm a huge fan but i recently before the announcement um on like a big sale on amazon i picked up the uh the south park game for the ps4 Mm -hmm. because they had the uh, remote controlled coon version for less than it cost to buy the game new oh wow so i was like okay so i get south park i get the first south park on the ps4 i get an rc Cartman riding a raccoon. Yeah. And I get the steel book. And I'm like, cool. I could probably sell off the RC car if I wanted. I'm not going to. I'm just saying in my head to justify <laughs> stuff. I came up with an excuse that'll never happen. Yeah. But you know, I picked that up mainly because of like the steel book and the season pass. And it was cheaper. What was the other one? There was uh something else. I ended up getting the Bayonetta special edition off of like the Europe Amazon. So, yeah, I caved a yeah. couple of times. Uh, so far, I'm holding off on the Neo Konuni, but, you know, Detroit Become Humans coming out, and I, ha- I really want to play that. But yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hold off. That should be a good Black Friday game. That's going to be a Black Friday game. Don't you worry. As well I, will Neo Kuni be, and I will that's, – that's my Black Friday game. I, I, but, I, I'm going to pick that one up. But my problem is with Neo Konuni, Nuni, 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 na 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 the Robin Williams – the Robin Williams game, Nanu Nanu. Um, I want that steel book. And I don't know if, is this going to be like, you know, Shadow of War, where they made so many of them that you're going to be able to get the steel book edition for like 35 bucks on clearance in a couple of months? Or is it going to be one of those ones where we made enough where we think the nerds are going to buy them and then that's all there was? So I don't know if I'm missing out. And I've got that fear just because it looks so cool. However, I never played the first one. And until I saw the steel book, I had no desire to run out and buy this until Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually heard something really cool. Um, well, I have the first one, and I actually have a like a hardback uh, strategy guide for the first one. But one thing that I saw in the second one that I really uh, really thought would be more up my alley for this is that the uh, the the combat is all real time. So it's actually you know you press a button and you swing a sword kind of thing. And I heard on the um, Game Informer uh, podcast that I recently listened to that the only well one of the downfalls that the the uh, reviewer was saying was that it was easy and I'm like it's easy how's that a downfall up yes I was like oh man I mean if it's easy 
and it has like a world building thing um, where you get to build your city uh, with new, I guess, new characters and maybe like upgrades to the city because you're the king, I guess. So anyways, that sounded really cool. Did you play the first one? I played it, but I didn't get super far into it. Um, I would like to play more of it, but I think it's just it's it has the problem that they fixed in the second one where it's the first one is hard and you get to a point supposedly where you have to grind a lot. I think that's when I was I pretty much turned it off. And um I just I it's like a time sink. And so if something's easy, um, but it's something I can progress in, then I'm more likely to to do it in, in uh, bits and pieces. And so I might I might jump into the second one. Apparently there's not it takes place in the same world, but it's not necessarily uh, you know, a continuation of the story of the first one. Okay. Sounds good. I was just curious because I I know I've bought the second game when I've never played the first game and then I'm like, oh crap, now I want to play the first game before I get there. So I didn't but if you played enough where you feel satisfied and you're like, I put it away for a specific reason, hopefully the second one is much better. Yes. We need to get Nino Nana together and uh and play it. Yes, yeah. Narni, Narni, Narni Poo Poo. Narni. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's jump into Topic number two. Topic number two. So the backlog community questions. So at first, I basically asked everybody what their favorite backlog game this year was. Um, we uh, Josh Stapleton said that his, and I'm trying to read this, and I completely lost it because that's what I do. Um, he said his favorite one so far, because I know he's been playing a lot of them, is either Skyrim or Far Cry 3, because they both hold up really well, and he's had a lot of fun with them. Uh, Seth Roy said Mutant Muds. And then Paul Lloyd said he hasn't beaten any backlog games yet, but he bought Rare Replay and Captain Code Treasure Tractor just because he needed his backlog to be bigger. Well, those sound like good games. I really, that's the one game for the Xbox One that I'm like, I wish I had an Xbox One so I could have a replay. I, it's the only game I've thought about just buying just to have, even though I don't even have the system. Just so when you pick up one cheap in yes. a couple of years. Yes. No, I understand. Um, then I just asked if there were any questions for us. So Jason Lacey asked me if I was ready to smash light bulbs in the parking lot yet, which is a reference to A Night in the Woods. Adam Leonard asked, how do I feel now that I played a game that gave him wood the entire time he played it, which also is a reference to A Night in the Woods. So the only person that asked a question that involves discussion is uh, Mr. Sean Capri. Ah, uh, the podfather. The podfather. You know I am a... I don't know why this voice came out, and I don't think it's right, but uh, in, in the Podfather's <laughs> voice, he says, I am interested to know how you feel about playing games for the purpose of talking about them on a podcast. Does it change your experience with the game? So how do you feel about that question? Um, I thought it was a great question, and thank you, Sean. Uh, I think we're within 30 minutes so we should he, he should still be listening hopefully so oh um, don't want him to fall asleep no that's right uh i i really like i really like playing the game for the podcast because 
I'm more likely to complete it. Uh, I force my, myself to play it. It's really a, a, the only game I play the month. I might play something else, like I picked up Kirby. Um, that was that was uh, that's on my in my budget. I didn't uh, go outside my budget, um, and so I like playing them. It does change the way I play them. I've never taken screenshots in games before, like I, I, in on on the PS4 on the Switch before we started doing this. That's not something I ever did. I ever you know cared to do. And I'm taking pictures like crazy. I'm I'm taking pictures of my gamepad to for this month's game. I'm trying to capture things um, so that I can remember them. I'm also trying to write notes, um, trying to think, okay, more more about the story. That's something that's kind of difficult for me. Usually, I'm just playing a game. I think, like you've said in the past, just to either watch things explode or or punch things, and it's just I'm just doing it kind of as a, a more of a passive experience and this kind of makes it more of an active where I need to remember what I've done uh, or try to and so yeah it definitely makes it more of an uh, an active I'm an active participant in playing a video game I like it so for me the first thing I thought was I'm not actually playing the game for the purpose of talking about it on the podcast I'm doing the podcast to force myself to play games and it's it's almost in reverse like like this whole idea was you know hold myself accountable i've got all these games they need to be played you know it's not like oh hey let's do a podcast and we're just going to pick a game and play it and talk about it it's no 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 i have the games i need to play them and we came up with a a format that at least amuses us yes it does you know this is what we're going to do we don't know going into this what we're going to play for next month but, you know, all of this, you know, all of the podcast, all of this random hoopla is to force myself to play games. And for the second part of the question, you know, does it change my experience with the game? Um, in the way that I am, at least currently, forcing myself to try to beat the game within that month, it has changed the way I play them. You know, I would not have beaten Uncharted three if it wasn't for this i may have walked away from a night in the woods and come back to it later if it wasn't for this podcast you know just for the fact that this month had so much going on for me like i was sick a couple of times the children were sick you know all of that's taking away from the time that i have to play um i had to leave town suddenly for a funeral and that took away from time to play and it's like so in that regards, uh, I wouldn't have finished a game this month, but, you know, I was like, okay, I have a little bit of time. Let's just put, let's just do this, do this, do this and knock it out. So it has changed my experience with the game in so far as I've beaten four games this month or this year. I'm not sure I beat four games last year total. So I think it's all kind of like it feeds on itself. Um, not only have I beaten more games this year, but I've enjoyed them more. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, I need that sea of thieves and I need to drink some rum and go drunkenly uh, die to other pirates. Um, I've avoided so far pretty much all the big releases. You know, I picked up South Park, but that was a last year game and I waited till I found it on a good sale. The only thing that I picked up where I paid more than I wanted to was the Bayonetta Collector's Edition. Mm-hmm. And that's because it came with a steel book 
And I was like, if I'm going to get it, I want to get the cool version. And that's a dumb way to think about things. But, you know, <laughs> old Surge won and new Surge lost. But, you know, I I bought a lot less this year because I'm focusing on what I have. Mm-hmm. So in a roundabout way, the podcast has changed the way I play the games. But the podcast is forcing myself to play the games. Yeah, it, it. I don't. I mean, without this, I would not have completed any of these games. I wouldn't have. I would have probably started playing Kirby, and then I would have probably put it down and picked something else up. It really keeps me focused, and that's awesome, Serge. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it kind of the the podcast forces us to play the games. It forces us to pick these sad games off the shelf. <laughs> And you know what? Love. I don't want to be the first one of the two of us to come into a podcast saying I didn't beat the game that was picked last month. <laughs> That's the thing. I want you to fail first. So in that regard, I'm pushing myself. <laughs> well, I would say the same, but I'm 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 convinced. Well, this this game, um, I looked up on how how long to beat Surge, and uh, it was like six hours and it took me till like a couple days ago to beat this game so my guess is you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna win on that i'm I'm probably gonna (laughs) fail but but if you look at it in that regard because every game i put on my list every month i look up on how long to beat as well and when i looked up a night in the woods it said it was like an eight hour game and I maybe put a little bit over 10 hours into it just because of the way I play. And yeah, it took me an entire month to beat a 10 hour game. And then I listened to like, you know, the PSVG podcast and I listened to all these other podcasts and they're like, Oh, what are you playing? And you know, you got like Jason Lacey, who's like, Oh, I put 40 hours into brawl. And then on the side, I beat this, this, and this, and I'm almost done with this. I'm like, and that was in a week. What? Yeah. They, so they are other people, completion. All I know is other people have a lot better time management than I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's it's funny how how funny that sounds. It, it takes us all month to complete like a less than ten hour game, but it's true. It it's damn true. Yeah, but I'm okay with it, and and the fact that I've completed the games mm-hmm. is is something I'm I'm proud of. Yes, I'm proud that I beat an eight-hour game. But, you know, without coming here to talk to you about it, I probably would have put it aside and played more Danganronpa instead or, you know, picked something else up just because, like, eh, you know what? I've played enough of this for right now. Let's go do this. And I'm happy that I saw all these games through so far. So that's a big change into the way I've gamed over the last decade, let's just say. So... Sean, are you good with that? Um, please let us know if you think we should discuss your questions more. Uh, we can put a time limit on it. If you need at least 10 minutes to your question, we'll, uh, we'll take notes in the future. Yes, so. and like and subscribe and comment below and all those yes. things, please. And tell us how much you like my hair. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's jump in. What did we play last month? I Or this month, technically. technically. Let's start with you. You played something sinful with a lot of yes. punishment. Yeah, sin and punishment, star successor, which I found out 
Um, so Treasure, the v- developer of this game, they wanted to name it uh, Glass Soldier, but I think um, you know they didn't. I guess maybe the publisher thought that that wasn't cool enough or something or or catchy enough. So yeah, Sin and Punishment, star successor for the Nintendo Wii. Um, it is a on rail shooter, kind of an arcade shooter. You know, I looked at somebody said that it was kind of like a arcade shooter in the house in in the vein of like House of the Dead, but third person. And that's that's pretty true. So you see your character on screen, and um, and they you know you've got uh, two characters that you could choose from, uh, Isa and Kashi. Uh, I played through with Isa. Uh, who's the boy. And so let me just say off the bat, this story is bonkers and it's hard to really wrap your mind around. The game's not, you don't play this game for the story. You play this game to shoot things and watch things blow up. And uh, it's really good at that. It's a great game. Um, It's very challenging. I played through on easy and I died a lot. Let me, and I think I showed or told you this, how I played the game mostly was uh, using the gamepad as technically like a TV. If you have a Wii U, you can use the nunchuck and the Wiimote uh, with just the gamepad, and the camera on the gamepad is kind of acts like a sensor bar. But anyways, when you play games that are, you know, in Wii generation, I find that they hold up a little bit better on like a 6-inch screen than like a 50-inch screen. So, um, uh, but not only that, you're also used to playing games on your Switch. So you're used to sitting in front of a small screen, yes. playing some games. You just might not be used to the waggle, waggle, waggle. Yes, yes. I did some waggling. And this style of game, the arcade shooter, I mean, is perfect for um, those controls. I will say there's there's several different control schemes that you can use. You can use a. Uh, classic controller or like the those gamepad or excuse me GameCube controllers that plug into the bottom of the Wiimote. Okay, I was going to ask you if you could use that because I I actually like the game kid blah 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 Wii the Wii Classic controller that little white thing that they gave you. I actually thought that that was kind of cool. So yeah, you can use that. Now I would I would say that I preferred because I tried that. Before we, you know, I, I played it for this month, I I tried that, and it is more difficult because with that, you have to control, you're using one of the thumbsticks on the game, uh, the, the GameCube or the Classic Controller to move your reticule, but it's much easier to just point. So... What am I moving? Like, you're, where you're shooting the reticule or the, what do they call that? What's the little, like, your pointer, so where you're shooting oh. on screen. Okay. Um, so it, it's much more intuitive to be able, if you have the nunchuck and the Wiimote, you move your character with the nunchuck, um, and on there you can, um, I think it's a Z, but anyways, it's a dodge, and then you can point, uh, where you want to shoot. And so it's much more, uh, reactive. I mean, you can, um, you're, it's much easier to control because there's a whole lot of, uh, waiting to like, drag that pointer over to something to shoot it than just pointing at it and shooting it. So, okay. Um, okay. I, I need to interrupt you. Yes. So I found out that not everybody holds their waggle controls the same. When I was uh, hanging out with Andy, mm-hmm. I 
for instance, hold the Wiimote in my left hand and the nunchuck in my right, because I'm used to doing all the moving with the right joystick when I'm holding a remote, like your movement and all that stuff. He asked me if I was ass backwards and left-handed because he holds the Wiimote in his right hand and the nunchuck in his left. And that blew my mind and I didn't know you could switch them and he confused me. So how do you hold your waggle? Uh, I'm, I'm with, I'm with team Andy on this one. I, I'm a, I'm a right hand pointer, left hand nunchucker. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I didn't know. I mean, I guess you can do it either way, but it's funny that I have never tried that. I guess it's kind of like the N64 controller, so you can hold it. You know, I know that there's some people that actually would use the analog stick by holding like the outside edges. Like if you have, I don't, I still to this day don't know how to hold an N64 controller. And I asked them, I'm like, what am I, do I, am I here? Am I here? Do I, you hold hold the center claw with your left hand and then you hold the right side with your right hand. At least that's how I did it. I believe it's been a long time since I've held an N64 controller. Yeah. It's an awkward, awkward controller. Yeah. I don't know. You guys, you guys and your left-handed nunchuck, and yeah. it blew my mind. I was like, what are you doing? What do you mean I'm doing this wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, I, I mean, I think of it like a, a, a TV remote. Like I use the TV remote in my right hand. Would you, do, do you use the TV remote in your left hand or in your right hand? I use it in my right hand. Okay. so it's I'm a right-handed fact, dude. It's just the fact that you are used to using your right hand to do the actual analog stick controlling. Probably. That's okay. got to be it. The only yeah. reason I can think of, but I'm thinking about when I first got my Wii now and I'm making these hand gestures. Waggle, maybe, waggle, waggle. Maybe, maybe I used the nunchuck in my left hand and pointed because I'm thinking about playing Galaxy. And obviously it's easier for me to point with my other hand because I'm right-handed. So maybe I just got really confused when I was at his house and I refused to admit my mistake and I just kept up the facade. <laughs> You're like, no, I always used to do it like this. This is how everybody does it, Andy. Yeah, yeah, man. So whenever I hook my Wii up so that I can play some No More Heroes in the future, I'm going to have to pay attention to that and see which way I like it. But Yeah. Yeah, it, um, and this game, it is, like I said, it is hard. Uh, it is only seven levels long, but each level has at least, I would say, at least three bosses. And... um you know, the first two bosses might have two forms a piece, and then like the third boss has maybe three forms. So it is like constant bosses. And so it's oh, so it's like a boss battle boss. game. Yeah. Yes. There are tons and it's cool. I mean, there's lots of cool bosses like those pictures I sent you. You get to fight a guy who turns into dolphins or orcas mm-hmm. or something who I guess battle you by knocking a big boulder at you or something. So it's like I don't know if I'd choose like a dolphin form for a boss, but um, I mean, it's not very intimidating. I don't think dolphins is an an intimidating enemy, but. Did the bosses talk or make noises? Uh, Squeaks. They squeaked. Um, Was there an echo? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, there's a a squeak. And and he wore a tiny hat. I mean, the game's very, I mean, it it was developed in Japan. Uh, It is not the original, the, uh, Sin and Punishment did come out on the N64, but it only came out in Japan. 
Um, you can get it on the Wii and Wii U Virtual Console. Well, the Wii Virtual Console is, uh, the clock is ticking. I don't think, I think you can still add Wii points. So public service announcement, you can still add Wii points uh, for maybe another couple days. But by the time I edit this, it'll probably be uh, too late. So sorry. Or you can go to any used video game store and find it for like four ninety nine. Well, okay. No, you can't get you can't get um you can't get the original. The original Oh, uh, you're talking not, about the original. Yes, the original game. Um so this game, like I said, um what do I need to talk about? Story, so a boy and his blob. And his blob. So <laughs> Isa is the boy, and so he is asked to go to Earth Four. There's four Earths, or at least the Earths that we know about in Sin and Punishment. Uh, universe uh, is asked to go and uh, take out Kashi and you know so he goes and he tries to take her out or at least is like hey she's she's not all that bad and then turns on all the other um, people and it you know then is like hey I'm gonna protect this girl because uh, I think you guys are the bad guys and not Kashi Kashi so um, like I said lots of interesting bosses there's one that reminded me, um, I really think, and I actually Googled it to try to find out, I really thought that Sarah Silverman uh, voiced one of the bosses, but I don't think so. But anyways, it was like, it was like, is that Sarah Silverman? This is really strange. Um, I think that's all. Man, it was a fun game. If you like shooters, which I know you do, you really need to try it. So, Yes, total shooter fan, man. You should do it, man. Come on, oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. Video games. So you liked it. You you yeah. felt it was worthwhile, yeah. and you're happy you played it. Yeah, very happy. And, uh, yeah, I, I I would definitely play it some more. I think at uh, times I got a little frustrated because of the difficulty. I would, I would definitely say if anybody out there or if you would like to play it, I mean, do not feel bad. Put it on easy. I... Um, realized and go back to the controls real quick so you have um you have like a regular gun and then like a charge shot and then a dodge but then you have a melee and the melee every time i'd get stuck on a boss or something i couldn't figure out what i needed to do i would uh realize i'd look it up and i'd say oh i just need to melee the um like projectiles a lot of times they'll you can melee a projectile and it will fire back in the direction that you're pointing. Um, so it won't automatically go to, you know, the enemy, but if you point at the enemy and then melee the rocket or what have you, then it will, it will shoot back at the, uh, at the boss. So it's pretty cool, man. I, I, I suggest, uh, suggest you checking it out, especially, I think you said it was in your, in your backlog. I believe it is, and if it's not, it's one of those games that I wanted to play because it looked cool. I've seen it pretty cheap as well. I think I picked it up for ten, but I've seen it as cheap as like three or four bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure if I went to like GameStop or any place that still has Wii games, it's probably going to be in there somewhere. Totally. So man. I guess the silence means that the silence turn. is I'm 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 done, man. I want to hear about Night in the Woods. I want to hear all about uh, this. Um, what is it? What is it like a walking, walking simulator? simulator? Yes, uh, I simulated a lot of walking. 
So to start out, I've had this conversation with Adam Leonard because he absolutely loved it. It was one of his favorite games of all last year, which is the reason I wanted to play it. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if I've ever played a walking simulator before or not, but you know, people are talking up this game a lot and it won a lot of awards. So I'm not sure if, like, I know where my disappointment came from. And I'm going to say that upfront that this is not nearly close to being my favorite game of the year. There was so much silence. And I don't know if it was because the music in the game is generally low and I wasn't wearing headphones, so I just didn't notice it because I'm old and going deaf or what it was. But at some point, I'm going to at least replay some of this game and do some of the choices different to see what like maybe the different ending is or to experience scenes that I didn't get to see because during the game, you get to make choices. Am I going to hang out with Greg or am I going to hang out with, you know, May? or Bay or B or whatever they're calling themselves. Um, so I am going to replay it to get the different scenes. And when I do that, I'm going to wear headphones and I'm going to turn the volume up because I, I've been told it has an amazing soundtrack. Um, my biggest problem is that it's other than the music, you know, there's no voice acting, there's no nothing. It's like all the dialogue you have to read for yourself. So that could be something that also tripped me up is the fact that, you know, a large portion of the time, I'm just reading with silence. And if I really wanted to do that, I could pick up a book. Yeah, I will, I will say that games that, and I, I guess it's this is one reason that it's somewhat difficult for me to go back to, you know, older games, especially older like RPGs and things like that. I don't get as invested in games when I have to read long text. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's the whole like hearing the character and getting invested into that character. Um, but for yeah. some reason, like uh, just reading the text for me is that's that's a big that's a big no. Deal. And as when I was younger, I didn't have a problem with it. I played like the Dragon Warrior games. I played old Final Fantasies and all of that stuff. Spoken text. You read. You read. You read. You know, they have the good music in the background or whatever. But now that I'm getting older, I appreciate voice acting a lot more. Um, for instance, I had played on the DS. They had a game called Devil Survivor. And I got up to the point of the first boss. And I had to quit because I wasn't powerful enough to beat him. So no matter how many times I tried, I could not win that battle. And I had gotten to a point where I was too far. So I couldn't even go back and grind out a level to go try them again. So they re-released it on the 3DS and they added a whole lot of extras to it. But one of the things they added was voice acting. So instead of reading, I got to listen to everything. And that made the game so much more pleasurable to me because now instead of me making up the voices or just, you know, reading, hitting a, reading, hitting a, reading, hitting a, I got to like listen to the dialogue the way someone else envisioned it. And I enjoyed that so much more. Um, so, so and, I, yeah. I, I need to interrupt you just for a second. I think um, this is just a side note. Maybe at some point we need to read some dialogue together. Like Ooh. you know, we use our you know you you just said make up the characters' voices, and maybe we can like you know read some dialogue from a game. What we need to do is come up with a couple of games that have good dialogue let the community vote on which game we're going to read. So then we could have this little role play segment 
for an episode. I like, I like it. it. I okay. have just uh, real quickly I, on the um, on my game the dialogue. It it was voice acted and it was horrible. It had horrible lines, including "Now we run like our lives depend on it," because it does. Just, yeah, I know. You know what though? That could be said in any cheesy action movie I watch. Yeah, that's true. So, so anyway, so a night in the woods. You are May, and you just dropped out of college, and you go back to your hometown, and your whole goal is to hang out with friends and just pretend like it's high school again. However, while you really haven't moved on, your friends now have jobs and they have responsibilities. So you're kind of going to their jobs and you're harassing them. And uh, this game being a walking sim, every day, you know, kind of starts the same. You wake up in your house, you go downstairs. If you wish, you can go over and talk to your mom and have a conversation. You can leave your house. You can go talk to a couple of people who live randomly. Um, you get the choice to then go talk to your mom who's working at the church. Um, and then there's like a couple businesses you can go into. And then there's a couple other random people you can visit on certain days and just talk to, you know, before you get to going to your buddies and talking to them and then starting, you know, what would be like the mission of the day or what are you guys going to do when you hang out so that you can end the day and then start over again. So basically, yeah, you're this, college dropout chick who went back into your hometown and while everybody else has kind of matured and kind of grown up you haven't and you don't know how to handle it so during it's broken up into four chapters and an epilogue and the first two and a half no the first three and a half chapters is almost all character building you know, you talk to your parents and slowly over time, you know, it brings up the fact that you had an episode that nobody really talks about until later in the game. And then you find out later that your parents are having trouble paying the bills and they might lose the house. Uh, you know, you talk to your friends. One of your friends, uh, Greg, is dating some other guy that works at the video store. And over time, you find out that their whole job is to save up money and move to a better town because this town sucks. Um, also, you get into a band and you play some songs that are incredibly difficult and it goes into like a music rhythm game for about four different songs. And some of those songs I think are impossible to beat, but they're a lot of fun just watching yourself screw up. And then after the song's over, you're like, wow, they're like, that was awful. And you're like, I literally did not even know the song. So I thought that was a cool line of dialogue because I mean, you're going into it. You don't know what you're doing except for trying to hit buttons to match it on the screen. And then your character's like, yeah, I literally didn't know that. But uh, one, the guy that I hung out every time I had a chance with was Greg. And I don't know if it was subconsciously because I heard that that's the guy Adam chose and that's the guy someone else chose, but he seemed like the story was going to be more interesting going with Greg. Like the first time you hang out with him, you guys go and do crimes. And then that's kind of like one of their random taglines where it's like, oh, you know, this is pretty messed up. And Greg looks at you and he's like, crimes. And you're like, crimes. You know, it's just like your little buddy thing. That was your saying in high school or whatever. So, like, you break into an abandoned grocery store and you steal something. You uh, go to um, an abandoned car that has, like, a tree that grew up through it. And you guys beat the car up and steal the battery. Um, when you were at the grocery store, you stole, like, an old mechanical animal of some sort. And then you get the battery and put it in it so you can animate the animal because you guys think it's cool. But then the living room smells like oil and crap and... 
I guess Greg's boyfriend forces him to leave it. So you guys go abandon it somewhere, but turn it on and let it run because it would be cool if someone found it and was creeped out by it. But, you know, it's all just this character development where you're going on and you're finding out like stuff that they did in the past. And they keep alluding to like this issue that you had, you know, and the town is a little weird itself. And as the game goes on, like those first three and a half chapters, like I just found myself getting bored. Like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with Greg today and we're going to do some crimes and maybe we'll do band practice as well. And, um, you know, it's just, and me, I want to see all the dialogue though. So like every day, literally I go downstairs, I talk to my mom, I go into the town, I talk to everybody possible. And then I go into the thing. And that's one of the things that kind of dragged on for me is like, I didn't want to miss it. But one of the cool little side stories that I'm assuming is completely skippable is there's like a homeless guy living in the woods behind the church. Um, I think they could have done more with it because you find out he's there, but the the person in charge of the church is trying to get people to approve letting him live in the church so he has better living conditions. And then like out of nowhere, he's like, you know what? I just decided to leave. I'm going back home. I'm going to go see my family. And then his storyline's done. Like I just, I, it was like really cool. Kind of cheaped out on that story, yeah. didn't it? I feel like it did. Uh, one of the other side stories is there's a guy up on a rooftop and every two or three days you can go up and talk to him and look at the stars. And then in the stars, you'll find some like random thing and it'll have, you know, like a little bit of a backstory or something. So that one was kind of cool. But like, like I said, the first three and a half chapters, it was like all backstory. And uh, eventually you find out that one of your problems was you basically just kind of freaked out and beat the hell out of somebody during a baseball game. Mm. And, you know, then you were like committed and eventually you got better and left. But at the, it was about the three and a half chapter mark. They have what they called the harvest festival or the Harfest. And during it, you see a shady figure in the background, kidnap somebody and run into the woods. So you start to explore this and, you know, with your friends, you start to explore kidnappings and strange disappearances. And, you know, you go to like the local library and look up all the, uh, the film on it. And you're like searching for things where like people have disappeared strangely. So each of your three main friends, it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to the graveyard with you. I'm going to go to this building with you. And we're going to, you know, try to investigate and figure out what this ghost is. So by the end of that, you get to do two out of the three, which I didn't know. I just assumed that I was going to do all three. But depending on who you talked to and who you chose to go with depended on which ones you were going to do. So, you know, the first guy I talked to was the graveyard guy, and I'm like, I'm doing the graveyard first. So it was really cool because you go there, you end up getting into an old graveyard, and a creepy skull comes out of it. But you see that shadowy figure in the background watching you. Um, on another one, you go into an abandoned – not an abandoned building, but, like, you guys break into a building and – you know, everywhere you go, it's like there's a whole bunch of elevators, but nobody else is there. Mm -hmm. And then while you're doing something, you hear the elevator moving. So you're like, oh, crap, what's coming after us? And like, you know, the story started to like pick up the pace and get a little more, you know, horror, a little bit more mysterious. And then finally, um, you know, you go and I, I think it was like out in the woods or something and you got or no, you're starting to feel a little disappointed. So you go off on your own. And then your friends follow you, but you like find this figure and you follow him into like this weird place. And there's like all these shadowy figures talking about how, 
they're protecting the town by kidnapping these people and sacrificing them because the only way the town is going to thrive is if they sacrifice these people to like some god but they're only sacrificing people that don't mean anything and nobody's going to notice so you know you you start like a little bit of a scuffle you run away one of the guys follows you you end up kicking him down a shaft which causes like a complete collapse of all this underground stuff and you go back into town and and then they have a little bit of character development where you're like uh i think we just killed some people yeah but they were bad people yeah but we killed them and like like i just <laughs> it's like uh well, maybe we should yeah i think um but like that? yeah like i was really happy like once it started to pick up and and like all of that even though it like felt to me superficial because like you have this dilemma where like oh i think we just killed like nine people in a shaft yeah but there were bad people who were kidnapping and killing others and 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 randomly there was like some cool stuff in there where like you're in a dream and you think you're talking to a god and the god's basically telling you well you don't really matter and this is all going to be gone soon anyway so just deal with it and um, by the end of the game, I was happy I got there, and it really had an epilogue, which you basically just go talk to everybody and kind of like wraps it all up nice and neat for you. Not really nice and neat, but you have a conversation where like, you know, with your buddies, you're like, you know, did all that really happen? Or like, uh, I think it did. And, you know, and you're like talking to your parents who, you know, you're an angsty teen, essentially. So you're kind of like fighting with them the whole time. You tell your mom to F off at one point. But at the end, you're like, uh, I think I'm going to get a job and help you guys pay for the house so we don't lose it. And it was like, you know, overall, I'm happy I played the game and I'm happy I got there and finished it. But if it wasn't for the podcast, I would have quit. Like, I really, I got bored. And I honestly think it was because it was all read. If it was voice acted, I think I would have totally been into it a lot more because I wouldn't have had to like read, hit A, read, hit A, read, hit A, you know, just constantly with like every character every single day. There was a lot of cool backstory. There was a lot of like random people to talk to who just like did little snippets of like, here's a little bit you didn't know about your granddad, you know, and all that was cool. But it was like the music was so mellow that I didn't notice it. So I really just felt like I was just doing nothing but walking to somebody, reading something, walking to someone else and reading something. and that's where it kind of got me and like i said never would have finished it but i want to go back and play it with headphones because adam tells me there's an amazing soundtrack so maybe i just had the volume low because of where i was playing and when i was playing and i didn't notice it yeah i think that um i think it was donnie and jason that were saying how the pacing was kind of slow it sounds like if maybe you could cut out some of that stuff um and, well, and that's the thing is like Adam said he loved the whole beginning that I said I didn't like because it was all backstory and he loved all that. And then he felt kind of let down by when it picked up and the way it ended, which I can see why he was let down. But and then you listen to Donnie and Jason and they were like, eh, it had pacing issues and I felt like it went on too long. And like I got to this point and I'm like, really, I'm only this far into it. And so I can see all the points and I... I want to give a couple more walking sims a try. Um, one of the games that's going to be on my list, and we'll talk about that, was Oxenfree, where after I beat this, I was like, well, I bought this for $5. I might as well give it a try. And it's another walking sim where, you know, you're doing a little bit of interacting, but really the story leads you along, but it's voice acted. 
And like immediately, as soon as I started playing that game, within like 30 minutes, I was like, this is what I personally was missing from A Night in the Woods. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played, and I, I don't think it would necessarily be considered a walking simulator, but it, it uh, um, one of the few games that I um, played that's kind of like that, um, Unfinished Swan. I can't say Unfinished Swan. Have you Have you played that? I've heard of it, but I've not played it. Yeah, I talked to uh, Mr. Casino about that one uh, on an episode of uh, uh, We Play Indie, colon, the podcast. I think there's a colon in there. Maybe I think that's where I actually heard about this game was during that podcast. Yeah, he. Uh, but that game, it has a narrator. Um, I mean, you interact with the world, but uh, and it tells a, a pretty cool story. But the thing is, is that you know, it's narrated and it's short. I mean, it's probably like maybe three hours long. And so mm -hmm. uh, I think a walking simulator, I think it needs to be about that amount of time, maybe a little bit longer, but I think to it's important to tell a tight story with those kind of games. I think anywhere between like four and eight hours is the max. And it's going to depend on the story and it's going to depend on you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, maybe even if it's only a four to five hour story, is there replayability? Like, you know, with a night in the woods, I can go through that and I can go hang out with another character and get a completely different side that I didn't get, which is cool. But you know what, if a night in the woods was like maybe five hours instead of an eight to 10 hour game, I might've liked it better. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Well, I, uh, the silence is deafening. Oh, I know. I just, I, I didn't really have an interest to, to play it. I kind of did, but I don't know. I guess I'm going to pass on it. I would, I would totally pass on it, honestly. And that's, if you don't want to read, 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 that's, that's the part I would pass on. I just don't think you would get the enough enjoyment out of it for, you know, eight to 10 hours of it. Yeah. So yeah. sadly it's my worst game of the year. I'm still happy. Aww. I finished it. Um, I enjoyed a lot of parts of it, you know, hanging out with Greg to do crimes, you know, breaking light bulbs in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> there was a, there was one time where you guys go out in the woods and you guys play this game where you stab each other in the hands. I don't remember why, but you know, his hands on the screen, your hands on the screen, you have a knife and the whole goal is to just stab each other until the other guy gives up. I mean, stuff like that ended up being like very funny and a lot of the cool side stuff I enjoyed. It was just like overall, yeah. like to me, the game overstayed its welcome because it didn't, it didn't speed up quick enough. Like when I got to like chapter 3.5, when it started getting interesting to me, like from there till the end of chapter four, it went by quick and then I was like, ooh, it ended already? But like getting to that point was too slow for me. So because of the podcast, I stuck it out and I'm happy I got there because the last part of it was like a cool ride. And I'm very happy to see all that weird, you know, shady stuff that was going on and the weird murder cult. But it was like everything leading up to there was just like it was too much just backstory. Mm -hmm. So, well... Marches out the window, and uh, and now we have to look forward to April. So, 
April flowers bring May showers. Mm-hmm. Unless you live in Nevada. Yeah. And you get <laughs> you just have to pay a high watering bill because you have flowers all the time because you just they just and then they constantly them? tell you you are your watering schedule. You're only allowed to water from like six AM to six fifteen AM on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then seven thirty at night until seven forty five at night on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and every other Saturday. Because if you don't do it, you're wasting too much money, and we live in a desert, you sons of guns. <laughs> uh, it's a weird state. Yeah. So let's get past this depressing, boring, I didn't like it talk, and oh. what do we want to play for next year, next week? Uh, we, okay. We bummed people out enough. Let's get the hype back. All right. Let's let's get this party rolling. All right. Let's so get so this party in here. Let's get this party started. We shouldn't do that. Um, no. <laughs> so, do you want me to go first this this time? I, mean, I do. Uh, okay. I'm a little. Uh, I'm parched. All right. So, I'm gonna be playing since I'm, you know, a Sega kid. I'm gonna be playing a little bit of this guy this month. So I'm holding <gasps> up the Super Nintendo. Is that a book? Classic. Yes, I'm be reading a book this month. So, uh, War and Peace. No, the uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, the, the mini one. So uh, I've got four games on here. Well, it has more than four games, but there's four games that I'm gonna I'm gonna put to you, Mister Surge. And there was one that I I wanted to squeeze in there, but my my problem was is that I feel like if I take some of these off, then it's gonna be I want to put the heavy hitters against each other is essentially what I want to do. Or at least I don't want to have, you know, some weaker titles and then one that is just obviously going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you're free to choose whichever ones to these games. Well, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that I wanted to find a way to get The Secret of Mana on here on my list, but I couldn't do it. So that might be one that I just try a little bit, but that's one that I've, been interested in and uh, maybe it can be my uh, the game I play but again looking at yes my side log looking at uh, howlongtobeat.com I believe that was in the like 22 to 25 hour realm and that did not seem possible but I thought well you know we'll just see so it's not on my list but the ones that are on my list include Super Metroid also, Zelda, A Link to the Past. Those are the two heavy hitters. Then we have um, one that I'm excited about. Well, I'm excited about all of these, to be honest with you. Uh, Yoshi's Island, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. I don't have like the list in front of me. I'm just like thinking, so if I don't get the title correct, um, don't, uh, don't kill me, folks. And then last but not least, um, is it Super Castlevania 4? I don't know if it's just Castlevania 4, but anyways, the Castlevania game that's on here. So those are the four, Castlevania, uh, Yoshi's Island, Super Metroid, Link to the Past. Hmm. I have I have not played, well, I've kind of started each one of these up, but I had a cart of Link to the Past when I uh, was collecting carts before I got my Retron 5, and then I got disappointed in my Retron 5 because it's just not really good hardware. And um, and so I traded that in 
Super Metroid I played for maybe five minutes on here. Um, Yoshi's Island I probably beat a level, and I haven't even started Super Castlevania. So I've never played that. Um, so those are my games, Mr. Surge. You know, I'm going to try to make this one as competitive as possible. And I'm going to put Zelda Link to the Past on there because that's uh, before Breath of the Wild came out. That's the quintessential Zelda game, according to everybody. I think that's the only other Zelda game that I beat, but that would have been in high school and that was a long time ago. And I can't remember if I actually beat it or I, I think I played it. I think I beat it. Um, and then the other one, because if this wins, I'm really curious to hear comparisons. I want Super Metroid. And if that wins, I want to know how does a game like that hold up, compare, and contrast to a game like Axiom Verge, which essentially only exists because Super Metroid existed. Yeah, yeah. I And we I, had so much fun I, with Axiom Verge. Yes, so. yes, we did. And that, that style of game appeals to me more. The only thing that linked to the past is I probably, I'll be honest, I'll probably have to look up some stuff because I'm horrible at puzzles and I'm sure it has puzzles that I'm going to be clueless about. So, you know, that will probably happen. But it does um, have, I mean, I love I love top-down stuff. I love, um, I mean, it's action RPG. So I, I'm I'm excited about either one. You know, it doesn't matter how you get through a game. It matters that you got through the game. Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of the games that I played as a kid, I wouldn't have gotten through without, like, Nintendo Power. So, now I have four games. Well, I technically have six, but I'm crossing stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so, my set of games, I have... I'll cross that out, too... Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney for the 3DS. Mm. Um, I think that's a visual novel style game. Um, but I've heard a lot of good stuff about them, and I bought the trilogy when they were on sale for like $10 or under. So looking that one up, it says it's probably about 17 hours. And I think I'm going to have enough time to get it in, especially that style of game. I know I like it. Um, on the Switch, Shantae Half Genie Hero which is a six to eight hour game uh, on the Vita to hit all of my handhelds. Uh, the Uncharted game, I beat three. So I have this one four and that uh, Lost Journey to go through still. And then my last game, another Switch game, Oxenfree. Okay. Now, what I'm going to tell you, because April is a quirky month for me because at the middle of April, we're going to be in the hospital having a baby and then I'm going to have time off, but I don't really know what my sleep schedule is going to be like when I, you know, I'm taking care of my wife who just had a C-section. I'm taking care of a three-year-old, a 12-year-old, and then a newborn baby who is either going to be pooping, peeing, or wanting to eat constantly. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I, I I offer up these four games, Phoenix Wright, Shantae Half-Genie Hero, Oxenfree, and Uncharted. Um, and I'm just letting you know that no matter what, I'm going to play and beat Oxenfree because it's only a four to five hour game and I've already started it and I'm dedicated to finishing it. 
and during if I don't get to beat whatever game the community chooses, I'm going to talk about this, and I'm hopefully going to put enough time into that that I can talk about the other game and then finish it for the next month. But because my month is so tricky, no matter what, I'm going to beat Oxenfree and then hopefully find enough time to beat whatever game wins as well. Okay. Well, I I knew that uh, you have another um, child coming in, in April, which is exciting and uh, stressful and um, – Crazy. Now. Yes, crazy. I mean it really um, is a whole lot of work. And it's it's awesome, but man, it is it is tiring, especially if you have to like wake up every, you know, two hours to to feed and that kind of stuff. So you're just like a walking zombie, um, and uh, it's rough. But man, you know, kids are awesome. So yes. um, definitely a blessing, and I'm excited for you. So uh, I am going to, I'm, Serge. I can't uh, uh, I can't let you. Uh, lose on april so we're gonna we're gonna choose because i was gonna choose this anyways oxen free well and... like i said i'm not gonna lose no matter what because i'm gonna beat oxen free <laughs> probably before april starts <laughs> well let's 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 uh let's ease you into that so let's say oxen free are the community games and um shantae uh half genie because i'm interested to hear about that i, I mean i like platformers um and i don't know you know, there's there's several Shantae games, and I don't know kind of where they, you know, which one is which. So I've heard a lot of, about them, but I'd like to hear what you have to say about them. And uh, if Shantae's good enough, I know they just re-released digitally a Wii, I think it was a Wii U exclusive Shantae game mm-hmm. for the Switch. So that would be, if Shantae's good enough, that's something I'm interested in picking up. Um, if Oxenfree wins... My whole goal is to give it a couple different playthroughs because I know there's different endings depending on who you choose to either hang out with or there's a lot of dialogue options too. So that's one of those games where if it wins, I'm going to try to put a couple playthroughs into it during the early month. But yeah, either one of those games I'm excited about. I bought Shantae. I've been wanting to play it, but for some reason it just keeps getting pushed aside which is really the reason this podcast exists because we have so much stuff that just for no reason at all it's like i'm gonna play what what was that oh yeah i'll play you i'll be right there kirby (laughs) (laughs) exactly all righty so now we have what we're going to the community with which obviously leads us to the whole reason that everybody's here what is our retro cheat code the retro cheat code is from Secret of Mana for the Super NES. So I um, wanted to give some love to Super uh, Secret of Mana because I knew it wouldn't be on um, – it can be my side log game. At least I want to try it out um, and see what I think about it. Well, so not, this, only, not only that, but this is the second time that you have at least offered up the opportunity for a code on a game that just got re-released. Yes, exactly. This is um, – I don't know if this one would have worked with the re-release, but it might have. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's definitely on your Super Nintendo Mini Classic Edition console. I can't remember the other things that are in the title. Um, but this code gives you unlimited weapon orbs. So get your pens and pencils and sheets of paper ready. So you need to go to any chest in a dungeon 
that has an orb and open it. Then use the magic rope to teleport to the entrance of the dungeon. Go to the nearest Watt and have him forge the weapon. Then return to the chest where you found the orb, and another of the same type of orb will be there. Repeat this process as many times as you like. Note, do not forge your weapon past its highest phase, or it will be turned back to its very first stage, i.e. if you forge your sword to the ninth and final stage, hmm? stage the forge it once more, it will become a rusty blade. Uh, anyways, don't forge it too much, kids. Because it goes back to its original roots. It goes, it goes to the rusty blade. So, all right. So it looks like if you do it the ninth time um, and the final stage, I haven't played the game, so I'm not sure, but it looks like you do it at least <laughs> nine times to get a powerful weapon. The end. Anyways. So, um, uh, is that, what else do we have, Mr. Serge? You know what? The whole format of our show, it's been covered. Well, we've chitted, we've chatted, we've thrown some plugs in there to other podcasts. We called uh, Sean the Podfather. Oh, I want to congratulate Skinny Matt for beating me to the punch and having another yes. child. Congratulations, uh, Skinny Matt. It's awesome that uh, Matthias, Matthias, crap, there was a big conversation on it and I already forgot. I joked and said the name was Math is Hard. Um, but, you know, he was a little bit of a preemie, had to go through a bunch of testing, but they got to bring him home. So I'm very excited because uh, him and I are going to both basically get puked on simultaneously over the next few months. And, uh, you know, we can bond over this. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I was excited to see that he got to come, uh, home. So that's, that's really cool. So congratulations, skinny Matt. And, um, yeah, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the new kiddo and enjoy cleaning up poop and pee and puke as, mm. as uh, as, yes. as, as much as, uh, you can. As my wife tells me, this is the reason I married you. Go wipe his butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as far as music goes, at the at the uh, opening, we're gonna have again from um, our buddy Johann Sebastian Bach um, six little preludes. I believe this is the first prelude, and at the closing to uh, celebrate the new uh, Genesis collection we're going to have a remix from streets of rage 2 the songs go back by lazy gecko so it's pretty exciting there yeah yeah that's all i got man well we did it and uh i guess uh until next time peace love and polka dot on peace.